It's nice. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. What's going on, Coop? How you doing, sir? What up? Oh, Peace. man. Happy Blessings. Friday to everybody. Come on Love. in the room. We're going to give people time to come in the room, man. I'm so proud of hip-hop fans today, man. We're going to get into all of that. <clears throat> I first want to start with some new music. We got new music in a new year. And, you know, we got the whole hype where Gunna made his tweet about Freddie Gibbs, which kind of threw a lot of people off, right? Because this is Freddie Gibbs. Gunna's like two different, I don't say generations of artists, but yeah, generations and everything of artists. And um, anyway, Gunna delivered an album. And what was your first reaction listening to uh, DS4? Um... You know what my initial thought was, was that one thing that kind of doesn't give enough credit for is that he usually always gives you a solid to good project. Like he really hasn't released anything that I think is not like a good project. You know what I mean? So I first want to say that. Now, you know, behind the scenes, Mike, I've been saying it's like, man, I've been waiting for a Southern artist to drop a great album. And when I'm a Southern artist, I mean, some like current generation, not like like an old kid like Big Boy and Rick Ross just did, okay. like like one of the new guys, too. Uh, this this appears to be it. This is a pretty dope album. Like I think it might be his best piece of work from in the end. What say you? I, I liked it. You know what I'm saying? And you know how I feel about Gunna. I want to uh, shout out people that's coming in the room also. Um, everybody's mm -hmm. saying what up to us, giving us a shout out. Uh, Michael uh -huh. Williams, happy birthday, uh, says Michael happy Williams. Happy birthday, brother. Yeah, Peace yeah, yeah, man. Uh, we really appreciate everybody coming up in the room. Everybody saying what's up. Right now, because I know when we up, first started, nobody, you know, heard what we were talking about. But we're talking about Gunna's new album, uh, DS4. We're going to get into the other stuff, too, because there's a whole lot to talk about today. But anyway, first things first, um, I look, I dug it, like, from first mm -hmm. song on. Like, let me go to the track list real quick. And for people in the mm -hmm. room, I want to know what some of your favorite songs on the album is, too. Uh, I mean, even when it started off with Private Island, one thing that I noticed offhand, it was very well produced. Um, so, so, Mike, can I say something? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> you know how, like, especially down here, it seems in Atlanta, it's like artists, certain artists sound better with certain, like, producers, and there's, like, a certain chemistry that appears to exist with some producer and MT combos or even some group combos. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing that I really uh, noticed about Gunna that really stood out on this album is like Gunna sounds great no matter what producer you put him with. Like like the production is great on here, but one thing that I noticed is like, well, he sounds great over Metro shit, but he sounds great over Weezy shit. You know, well, it's interesting. He great over Turbo shit. Not to interrupt you, man, but I don't know if it's the individual star power or lack thereof among his peers when it comes to like Lil Baby, or if we're talking about. I mean, even 21 to a degree. But Gunna, he seems like a pace setter. I mean, I think that even Lil Baby was saying that he used to pay Gunna to write raps for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he seems like a person that, in a kind of in a way of future young thug, they set the pace. You know what I mean? And you could tell even in his albums that the features are there, but he's right along with it. Um, I was already anticipating the future and um, uh, Young Thug collaboration with uh, Pusha P and not to be confused with Pusha T, but we talked about this before in previous shows, man, previous episodes of a lot of things. 
I think when mm-hmm. Drake in particular works with Future and Thug, Future and Thug carry him, right? Mm-hmm. They don't carry Gunner. They don't carry Gunner. No, mm-hmm. they don't. And there's and something it, and to it be said like, about say, that. No, because you want to know what Gunner does an excellent job of, you know, and this is another kudos to him. It doesn't matter how big the star is, or even if that's his homie, Gunner brings them into his world. He's a pace setter. That's the, no, so Mike, I, I, I don't know if pace setter is the right word because I feel like he's running like neck and neck with a lot of guys, but this is an impressive piece of work for the most part, Mike. Uh, the, Mike, how about this? Like, this is one of those few albums where it's like I look at all the guest features and can say, like, no, all the guest features made sense and did a good job. It was well thought of. It was cohesive, man. Um, and it nothing was. seemed out of place. And again, in these in this generation of guest features where it feels like and I'll say this for the streaming era, and I don't like giving anything labels, but I just want to say that just so people know what I'm talking about. In the streaming era where people are streaming their music, putting individual songs on individual playlists, a lot of the times artists will go out there and get features just to get a certain flavor and they don't mind going into that person's world because when you go in that person's world, that puts you on this playlist, right? From whatever Mm -hmm. streaming platform or whatever, or you go into Mm -hmm. this person's world then you fit on this playlist. That's kind of what like a certified lover boy does, where it's like, okay, I got my Jay-Z song. I'm going to hope that it hits these people. I got my future in, um, you know what I'm saying, Young Thug song, hoping it hits these people. I got my 21 Savage and, you know, Project Pat, hope it hits these people, whatever. But with Ghana, even though he has those, he brings people into his world. And he fits in... I think him, Thug, and Future, you could tell they make a lot of music together or in the same space when they're making music. They fit so well in each other's world that it doesn't even feel like anyone's trying to fit in anyone's world. Uh, but with that being said, I think my favorite song on there so far uh, is Mop. And again, him and Thug sound really? great together. Yeah. Okay, there's a few songs that I like more than Mop, although I think that's pretty dope. Actually, Mike, I like Pushing P. I like, I like it too. Mop, I like it okay. too. But I just like, I, mean, like, I think him and Thug together, man, like, I like them on Hot together. And even though I, I like the remix with Travis, but it's like Gunna and Thug sound like damn near one person, similar <laughs> in a way as, you know, Future and Thug. It says a lot about Thug, too, when you say that. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know how I feel about Thug. I think Thug's a legend. And I've got yeah, yeah. rated on this platform for that. So he's, 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 I think people outside of Atlanta sometimes don't understand how much of a trendsetter for his era he is on oh, a few yeah. levels. But that's another conversation for another day. Mike, for me, I mean, this is just like the, the highlight and turn up moment of the album. And I know it's really not Gunner's moment. Like, thought I was playing. Like Twenty One Savage and Mike Will made it. Yeah. Like, like, like for me, that was just some like I'm gonna stop breaking this album and just cut this up and like turn up right quick. Mike, I was in the car doing the Dirty Bird. Like, it just had me Not like, like, like. Also, yeah, well, you know, talking about bass or whatever, um, Dana got me this wonderful Sonos speaker, uh, the five, you know, for the crib for Christmas, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. I had the bass up, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you control the bass with your phone and all that stuff. And I had the bass up for weeks, really, you know, since I got it. But I put this on this morning. I had to turn the bass back down to the, you know, medium level. 
Because, you know, initially, just even when I put the record on, that's why I wanted to compliment the production on it. That shit's hitting off top. And we ain't even talking about it in the car, because I played this in the car today, too, where, like you said, you just ride into it. Because I know you got a chance well, you know, to really like ride I, to it. Like, like I said, you know, I mean, you, you know what I'm doing, like, when I'm not doing this. So I was, I, I rode to this multiple times a day. Mike, another highlight for me is a lot of cake. A lot of cake to me. Like, like that's Metro and Gunna in they bag together, and it can sounds we, beautiful. Speaking of which, man, can we give Metro his flowers right now, man? I, I was gonna, I, I was gonna let you do that because we've been talking about it behind the scenes. Even though, Mike, can I tell you? I think mm-hmm. Turbo is probably the standout producer on this particular project. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, yeah. I, I agree with you on that. But Metro, man, yeah. like Metro, but Metro, for, yeah, go ahead and talk to Metro, yeah. He seamlessly fits in with everybody. I truly believe creatively Metro is the Timbaland of his era and the fact that he could bounce around and work with a bunch of people and, you know, the work that he's done with 21. Look, look, I think with 21, you could really hear it because 21 music with Metro is way different than 21 music without Metro. Um, And then Metro can fit in seamlessly with whoever he wants to. I mean, the man made bad and bougie. I mean, are we? Can we be honest and say that bad and bougie is probably one of the biggest songs of its era? It really made the Migos crossover superstars. I think the Migos are still riding off of the fame of bad and bougie. First of all, you need to say less. Second of all, that's Mike. I told you that's that's the first song that I ever really saw my daughter and my niece like sing and dance to. Like in the car, like it came on, they went nuts. Like like the back seat of the car, and I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. They, they they was doing the whole dance that they was doing and everything. I was like, what? Yeah, that's Metro. Uh, Fabian Duran, and I want to get to a lot of the comments too. He uh, says, "What was yeah. Joe Button's review on the Nas Magic album?" Nobody's reviewing the album. People are afraid no, no, no. to we're, review yeah, the yeah, album. Yeah, no, 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 we're no, going to no. get into no. all of that. Yeah, I'm about to say no, no, no. Yeah, everybody, be patient. We're going to get to like all of that. <laughs> we want to give, you know, we want to give Gunna his flowers for making like this dope project. Like Mike knows behind the scenes, I've been seeing for months. I was like, I wish somebody from the south would make like a dope ass project for us to review. Because one thing I don't people think really realize about what we do is like you and I review projects that we ve- that we feel like are worth reviewing. We only review projects that aren't that good if the artist stature is literally so large that we're not going to get away with not covering it. So yeah. very few people have come up on here and gotten flex. Now we've gotten some about not covering enough Southern artists and my critique back has been, well, give me some more, give me some more of this is what I'd be saying. Well, see, I think Southern artists and, you know, man, Southern artists. Give me some more 21 and Metro. Give me little babies my turn. You get what I'm saying? It's like, it's not that we don't cover it. It's that like, give me that dope shit. Give me some crack music. I think the thing is, man, a lot of, um, and it's funny to say this, a lot of Atlanta artists, Southern artists at this point uh, of a certain generation, they're major label artists at this point, and they're not dropping as frequently as they once were. Um, cause when you mentioned 21, I mean, Savage Mode 2 came out last year, mm-hmm. but it's like before that he made us wait for a second. You know, I think, uh, it's a, it's an album that was what, 2017. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, and when I say that a lot of the people that we know put out frequent music, this happened to the Migos too. Once they get tied up in their deals and their obligations, they're not coming out with mm-hmm. music as frequent 
uh, as they once were. And then you start getting people out here with a Griselda type of pace. We're going to end up covering them because they're coming out with so much. I think it's still more about the quality. That too. Yeah. Speaking of which, speaking of which, 25K jacket with Lil Baby, that's another banger on there. That's what I mean. They're bangers everywhere. Like, How about this? You know an album is dope where you're either arguing about what the first single is going to be or what the best song is. Like, like that's usually like dope album stuff. Like I was listening. I was like, man, he got a lot of singles on here. I'm like, yeah. which one is the first single, though? I heard a that, lot of singles on here. What do you think is going to be the hit? Those are first world problems, Mike, because we already know, like, I mean, it would be foolish not to release the, the track with Chloe, the you and me. Yeah. I actually thought it was well done, Mike. They actually pulled it off. It's actually a dope record. I think that's going to be the single, too. I was I was agreeing they, with that. Mike, Mike, they probably recorded the record, and that's when we seen them at the Hawks game courtside after they recorded the record. That's how those situations be rolling sometimes. And, and you know what? That's how you get the buzz started for something like that, too. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, like, like all this, like I said, Mike, they could drop Push and P. They could drop Mop. I swear I want to see, hear an interlude on one of these singles with Thought I Was Playing with Twerty was snapping on, on that Black Will Made It beat. They could do a lot of K. They could do you and me. They could do 25K Jacket. Like, Mike, they got a lot of stuff they could do. They could do Flooded to me, Mike. Like, he, got, he, did, a, he did an excellent job. Like, like, people have to understand, like, there are different lanes that people fit into in this spectrum. So it's like, you're not going to hear, like, any, like, super lyrical, like, 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 none, none of that's on here, but, Mike, I'm going to tell you what's on here, especially, like, if you're from, like, down south and, like, from the A, like, oh, like, this is perfect to ride to, Mike. It was Friday. I was riding to it today. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's we kind of making it for. And you want to know it's super cool, Mike? Like, like a lot of cats from New York will understand this. Well, it's cool when people shout out their boroughs and stuff. Well, down here we don't have boroughs, but we got streets with people know, like, Boulder Crest, like McAfee. Right. When he's saying Boulder Crest and McAfee, Mike, I'm, I was, I'm from Charlotte, Mike, but when I was down here, I was raised on the east side. That's east side, Mike. So when he's saying Boulder Crest, McAfee, I'm like, oh, east side. Yeah, that's what's up. I want to so correct like, something I said real quick. I, um, I, you know, people in the chat are correcting me and saying that uh, Joe Button did review the Magic album. I didn't I see not, it. I, was not I wasn't aware of it. Um, I want to ask y'all, because it sounded like a lot of y'all heard it. What exactly did Joe Button say about Nas's Magic album? You know, let us know in the chat and, you know, we'll go from there. But no, I agree with you. I think that that was one of the big appeals, at least for me growing up in Atlanta, when uh, Southern Playlistic came out. Because I know a lot of people will say that Criss Cross, you know, would first come out of Atlanta. I've heard Jermaine Dupree say that. And he, you know, I got love for Jermaine Dupree and, you know, respect the work that he's done in the game, in the city and everything. But for him to sit there and say that, you know, totally crossed out what four times platinum and Southern Playlistic didn't or whatever the narrative was like, that's, that's not cool. You know, the impact that Southern Playlistic had on the city. And it's a little different when those guys were actually representing Atlanta. It's a different thing with someone's actually representing a place as opposed to someone just being from a place. He's trying to timestamp it, is what Jermaine Dupri yeah. tried to do with that. He tried to timestamp yeah, yeah, yeah. it because that was what ninety two versus ninety four or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because players ball dropping what winter ninety three, so like yeah, so he got him by an easy eighteen months, more like two years. So you know, um, you know, again, I think what Chris Cross did was amazing for like young rappers. You know, what I'm saying I think that was groundbreaking in that sense. But I don't think that Chris Cross jumping on the scene did anything for Atlanta rap, at least not what I could see. As a consumer, and if we're talking about behind the scenes type things where, you know, it might have done something to uh, peak L.A. Reid's radar about young rappers from the city or duos, maybe, maybe there's a possibility there. 
But as far as, you know, totally crossed out and Southern Playlistic even being in a conversation and what it's done for the city. Yeah, um, that's not, yeah, it's that's not conversation. even, you know, that's not even worth doing that. But I agree with you, man. I mean, the street names here is like, you know, people repping boroughs and all that up top. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, that shit started with Southern Playlistic. You know who's right. great for that, man? And he's one of my favorites. I don't give a fuck what anybody say, man. Cool Breeze is one of my Breeze. favorite MCs yeah. from Atlanta, yeah. period. Cool Breeze. I, I remember when he said that on Hitman, when he was like, what if your re-up was in this bag and we pop your car in the stairwell and left it up by Six Flags? We were all so hyped because I'm from that part of town. Nobody was repping Six Flags like that. Well, well, here's the thing about it, Mike. If you actually know that part of town, I'm going to tell you something. My mm-hmm. stepdad used to stay in that part of town. The summer of 96, when I came down here, I was sleeping on his couch. Somebody tried to break in his car outside. That shit was real over there. People used to steal your cars over there on Where that was side. He, at? he was on Six Flags Drive? He's on Six Flags Drive yeah, over man. there by that, the barbershop. That's where I was born, plaza. man. Mike, 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 the sit go with the barbershop in the plaza right oh, there. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. where I'm talking? I used to walk up there. Every, Mike, that's where I hung out in the summer. I yeah, man. One, of, up there. Yeah. One, of my, uh, one of my classmates, Kwame, he got uh, shot and killed in that same plaza, man. That, yeah, it was crazy Mike, over there Six Flags Mike. Drive. I heard about when that happened. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah my stepdad dude. and my aunt. My stepdad and my aunt used to live around the corner from there. I used to pull up there a few years, like when they lived in that area. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, man. That was in our school district. I didn't live over there, like, you know what I'm saying, high school or even middle school. But when I was born, that's that's the first place my parents got. My parents were uh, from Alabama, came over to Atlanta when they had me. And yeah, that was the place that I was, uh, you know. I mean, Six Flags Drive back in Bankhead. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, 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 that's what it was back then. And when you hear stuff like that in songs, man, especially back in the 90s, like, nobody was rapping Atlanta like that. But the fact that yeah. Gunna's bringing that shit back around where mm-hmm. it's cool to be from Atlanta now. Yeah, like Mike, he shouted out McAfee. Like, like that's I heard that since Baby D and Big Oomph them, man. That's what I'm saying, Mike. That you're going <laughs> local when you're talking McAfee. It's like, man, you got to be from here or have been down here for a minute and like traveled in a certain place to even know. It's like people that come down here to live in the city, like, like, they like work, Mike, they don't know about McAfee. You know what I'm saying? Let me say this about Gunner's uh, DS4, man. Like, I think that, I think that, you know, it's very, I mean, uh, what's uh, the weekend came out today, too. But as far as like the major artists to come out this early in the year and set shit off, that's a very, you know, that's a very bold chest out thing to do. Because as we see, a lot of people are kind of, and I know that the top of the year is kind of the heavy hitter time, but it's never like the first week of the year. So I got to give him credit for being the first to jump out like that. What Get Rich or Die Trying came out at like the end of uh, January or whatnot. That's when the big dogs start coming out to try to run the whole year. That could happen with Kendrick. I don't think that's going to happen. But um, the fact that Gunna jumped out the first week of the year, man, I got to give him credit for that and came with a heavy effort. Mike, you want to know people who jump out like this? People who make dope-ass efforts that feel comfortable doing it. Like, yeah. not only is he a star, but he has actually the effort to back it up. That is when you jump. So, like, like, like well done by him. Like, I mean... The project is 19 tracks, Mike. It is very rare that I have a 19-track album and I'm riding to it and I'm not complaining or skipping around. Like, it's 19 tracks. And for the most part, I mean, Mike, there's only a few songs on here that I think 
or that I would even consider to be, I guess, like filler. Because mm -hmm. here's why. <clears throat> like Metro, Wheezy, and Turbo. And then the track with Mike Will. I don't know if Mike Will did something else on it. Mike, just having those four guys yeah. for 19 tracks. It's and crazy. they're in their bag. And they're in their bag. Like Turbo in his bag on this album. I'm like, oh, Turbo did that too. I'm like, oh, Mike's crazy. I'm like, it's crazy what he just did. Jack777 said, off topic, but did you guys see Conway finally got a date for GDMM? Uh, February 25th. It's amazing. Let's get it. Yeah. Let's get it, man. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. People are dropping dates. Kendrick, where you at? Kendrick, no, where are you at? Yes, we're going to do that. Kendrick, where are you at? It is. See, I, th I told you. I told you, Mike. It is Mike, 2022. I told you, Mike. Uh, Mike, where you go? Oh, no, I'm here. I'm sorry. I, okay. I hit something. Just out of frustration for Kendrick's uh, absence. I hit my camera off. Go ahead. What were you saying? No, I told you, Mike, if he don't even drop this year. See, when I was saying what I was saying. <clears throat> see, here's how narrative changed. When I was saying he needs to drop this year, I told you I was saying that with the expectation that, like, Gibbs was going to drop. Conway was going to drop. Pusher yeah. was going to drop. Like, like Mike, I'm I'm cool. Mike, like, you want to play this out another year? Because guess what? Here's what we know. Well, Nas is about to drop KD3. That's Conway's coming. dropping. We know Gibbs is coming because him and Kiss just smashed Black Illuminati. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. Push. We know Pusher going to come. We know he had some personal issues that we're not going to, like, you know, mention. Like, like, but we know we know once he's done, like, like dealing with that, he's probably going to come. You got plenty of comp. You got all-time great comp. Let's LP says Kendrick's waiting on the Super Bowl. Well, you know what? What we got? Could the, be. The next Could last... Season game is this Sunday. Playoffs coming. We got a couple of weeks. So y'all telling me we got like three weeks until a Kendrick four. album? Three, four, four weeks? Six. How about this? I, told I don't you, believe it. I don't believe four. it. I told you, Mike. I told you. We talked about this. I said if the week, the playoffs start, mm -hmm. we don't start hearing something about his album dropping because it'll officially be like NFL playoff time, which means Super Bowl promotion coincide. Exactly. Which means his album release should coincide because that's how the, these are the games we play. The quote push a T, you know? Yeah. So if that happens, which we're literally only two weeks away from, then we're going to slide more in your favor. I'm going to make a bold prediction here on January 7th, 2022. Kendrick Lamar, ah, excuse me. Kendrick Lamar is going to go out there at halftime. Do all right. We might possibly have Kaepernick come out there, do a nail, put his fist in the air. He's going to get the hell out of there. Ain't no music happening. Not no new shit. It's very problematic that you said that. It's not happening. It's very problematic. No features, nothing. Like, we're not hearing anything. You got Conway out here who dropped from a king to a god in, like, 2020. And no, dropped no, no. an album last year too. No, 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 no. And he's coming with something else. He's dropped all kind of stuff too. But I'm just saying, no, people are making music. Jay Electronica's even making his rounds. Where you at? Let's back up for a second. Let's back up. Conway's released like so many projects since Kendrick has dropped yeah. an album. At the end of the day, at this point, cool. And I get it. He makes music from a theme aspect, you know, a conceptual aspect, similar to what Outkast was doing in the 90s. But 
what what people are going to be like at this point is like, my nigga, how long does it really take to make 12 songs? I mean, let's just be real. How long you think it took Freddie Gibbs and, Al, um, and Alchemist to make Alfredo? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, it took them roughly a week. And even as, as great as we think from a king to a god and how well it was put together... How long you think it really took Conway to make that out? You know, because I think because I think he wanted to sow his craftsmanship. I did think he spent a little bit of time with it, as in like maybe five years. Oh no, Mike! I meant like four to six (laughs) weeks, like most, like maybe two months. Mike, maybe he may have spent eight weeks. Like I'll say eight weeks. Because this is the thing, you know, when you've been missing since two thousand seventeen. People are going to feel like all of that time out of action, not really doing any features either outside of the Baby Kim stuff. People are going to feel like, yo, all this time, this is what you came with. They're not going to think about when you actually locked in for the new album. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, honestly, let's just say he does hypothetically come out in February. He could have locked in in December. We don't know. You know what I'm saying? But when you've been missing this long... It's just got to sound like you took five years to make this. And then in today's time, I think that that expectation just becomes unbearable. Especially when you're still in your prime. Because one of two things are going to have to happen. We're going to have to accept the fact that Kendrick's just no longer in his prime. Or we're just going to be like, okay, well, this is the fall off album and we need another dope one real quick. But five years, at this point, we're feeling like this. you're reaching another part of your career where the peak is over. Well, the artist who we've been discussing a lot lately has been kind of maybe possibly changing that narrative. So let's say that his prime, as we know it, is over. Okay. There are other people that are showing that second wins is possible. Lil Wayne and Nas particularly are coming to mind right now because of the years that they had Nas, obviously, with his uh, releases and Wayne, obviously, with his guest appearances. So it's not above the fray, but I get everything that you're saying. Though. I'm not taking anything away from what you're saying. I'm just saying, we're, you know, like hip hop is expe- like people forget. When did this start, Mike? 1974? Yes, you know, all that's murky. But let's just say, as far as on wax, on wax, on wax, what seventy nine on wax, seventy eight, seventy eight, seventy nine on wax. I mean, Mike, what year are we in? I was born in eighty one, Mike. So hip hop on wax is about as old as I am. I, I don't feel very old. Yeah. So it's yeah. a very young genre, so, and a lot of our um, pioneers and block builders. I mean, they're still alive and kicking. It could tell you. Everything. I mean, Mike, this is probably one of the few genres where the majority of the pioneers and builders are still alive and kicking. That's why we kind of like need to be giving out flowers. Like we're fortunate in that regard that it's grown into this industry, but it's happened fast. So the pioneers are still alive. Like, well, you know, what? There's, a, there's a pioneer I want to do a documentary on. And uh, well, he's no longer here, but we don't talk about Grandmaster Flowers enough. Uh, but, you know, some people say he was an R&B DJ, but we talk about two turntables. That comes from him. And, you know, his name doesn't get brought up a lot. And, you know, peace to everybody who's originators or whatnot. But, you know, and Cool Herc gets a lot of the credit for being that one to put the hip hop together because of the actual stuff that he used. 
But, you know, we got to give on a DJ level. We got to give uh, Flowers his flowers because, you know, he was showing people that, you know, two turntables were possible. And the fact that he opened up for James Brown at Yankee Stadium in like 68. So, you know, shout out to Mark. Mark's one of my research people up in the Bronx. He actually grew up in the building that uh, Herc had the first hip hop party. He said 79 on wax, 72 officially. We're going to go with Mark Wright. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's why I was asking. I wasn't like saying it like I knew. So 72 and then yeah, 79. Yeah. Okay. But it's young. E- either way, young. this genre is very young. Yeah. Young. Young. Um, and so, you know, and we see con- uh, hip hop continuously develop, you know, generation after generation. I think Cool Herc said something that was very profound. He said every generation makes hip hop their own. And so that's yes. why that whole get off my lawn old man approach to this genre just doesn't work. Um, you know, everybody has their own niche that they carved in it regionally and generationally and, and, and even gotta, generationally within regions. You know what I mean? And you got to learn to find a balance and respect it. That's why I was prefacing. Kinda, it's like, well, it's not if you're ahead, it's probably not what you're like wanting or expecting. But that doesn't mean that the project's not dope. And that doesn't mean it's not hip hop either, you know? Right. It's it's a section. It's a genre. Like like here's the thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's like we have subgenres now. I you know I have a real hard time classifying future, even though I know future's hip hop. But when it comes to like us giving out superlatives of like rapper of the year, MC of the year, it's so hard. I don't feel like future's a rapper or a singer, but he's a little bit of both. And he's clearly transformative. I think, in my personal opinion, I think he is the most influential hip-hop artist of the past 10 years. He has sons everywhere. And he's made albums with a lot of them, too. Him and Thug made two albums together. Him and Lil Uzi made an album together. Um, He's done it all, man. And I... I know you laugh when I call him James Brown, but I feel like he is, man. Like, I, I just can't pinpoint him. And he's so influential to the era after him. But, yeah, that's hip-hop, too. Nelly's hip-hop. I know I was on my nerd shit back when Nelly came out and didn't want to call Nelly hip-hop. He's hip-hop. Mike, but you got to stop doing the James Brown thing in the future. Because you're talking about Because you're talking about it from one aspect. And James Brown is so many things on so many levels. Like, Mike, Mike, you and I have had this discussion. If James Brown doesn't exist, Michael Jackson, Prince, and hip-hop do not exist. I know. Those are three big chunks. I I mean, Mike, that's pretty, I mean, that's a big majority of the last 45, 50 years of black music. And honestly, a lot of Parliament Funkadelic might not, because a lot of them came from James Brown's band. That's fair, Mike. So Future ain't got sons like that. No, 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 listen. Future sons don't don't inspire genres and people like Prince and Michael Jackson. You know, nobody has, you know, sons like James Brown. I think, and I've been on record to say this as well, I think James Brown is the most influential artist in In music, music? popular music history. and music. music. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we could say that. Period. 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 You know, 
Uh, and, and that's, that's not even counting the dance moves. Yep, right. exactly. We're not even talking yeah. about the performance. We're not even talking about how many people picked up on what he was doing for Mick Jagger or whatever, whatever. Or but, the social consciousness of it as well at the same time. Uh, shout out to Reggie with the super chat. He said, Coop Mike out here moonlighting as uh, college football players under the uh, Atlas. Travion Walker, Google that name and see, Mike. Okay, we're going to do that. We all over the place, man. But you know what? Before we get into the next part of our show, where we're going to talk about, you know, the wonderful hip-hop fans out there riding on Peter Rosenberg, and he's switching up his stories and narratives, what would you give this Gunner Project? I was thinking at least a four. It It might be too early for me to rate it, but I, I, yeah, I'm thinking four-ish. It's, no, no, Mike. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty solid on the four because I have heard it about two, three times ish. You know what I'm saying? I've given it two like real solid listens. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But um, it's definitely a four. I could see myself rating it a little higher, or a little lower. We we'll see how the replay value on it's going to hold. You know, you and I are both yeah. big on replay value, but my, but, but my immediate thought is four. And you know, usually when we deviate off something that we stand on more often than not, like I say, about eighty-five percent of the time when we say something live, mm-hmm. we say it the day something comes out. We about 85, 90% of the time stick with it. And if we drift, we don't drift too far up or down. So I feel like it could be a 4.25. I really don't see myself dropping it below a four, though. The production is I think it's his best effort. Mike, I just said Mike Will made it. Turbo, Mm -hmm. Metro, and Wheezy were in their bag production-wise. And he's he's right there. And it's like you said, Mike, he's bringing people into his world. Mm -hmm. The features are great. There's a lot of singles. He's doing what he does well. You know, I was actually thinking this is the type of thing that should put like a little battery in little baby and savages back who are on this project about their next project in particular and other artists in the South. Like it's one of those. It's like, oh, he getting a year started with that. It's like, yeah, let's go. Terminator 2 had a question for us. Would you rather see KD3 or Magic 2? I would say KD3. Let's let Magic be Magic. Yeah, I kind of like where you went with that because... I'm, I'm going to tell you what, and then this is maybe maybe a good transitional piece. Mm-hmm. The thing about Magic, maybe since any album, since the Lost Tapes, it gives you an Illmatic type vibe, which is why maybe the few people covering it keep running and doing this tired shit of running back to Illmatic. But the problem with that rhetoric is, is that they do it every time Nas drops an album. This yeah. time it might be viable because this album has Illmatic-type vibes and not because it has nine songs. It's because he's beasting on the mic at an epic level. Yeah, he's running on it. And like you said, um, when we reviewed the album or just reacted to the album, um, you see Hit Boy taking on the formation of some of the production styles that we heard on Illmatic. I mean, I mean, if you look at the series, Mike, of them working together, it's like every time they work, he gets closer to being in that Illmatic bag. Yo, M. Lynn says Future is more like um, George Clinton than James Brown. I'm like good that with better. that, too. I like I'm that good better. with that, too. I like that better. I like that better. Yeah. Little Bootsy Collins. I've always felt like I've always given Snoop the, um, you know, George Clinton of our generation. But I think that's more personality and the way that he attaches himself and is cool with the younger generation. It always has been. 
George yeah. was always like that. Like while some of the older cats were tripping about sampling and this and that, George was kicking it with the young guys that were sampling his stuff. He was in the videos, yeah. partying with them and all that. What is the chronic without George Clinton samples? Man? There is no chronic without <laughs> George Clinton samples. Brian Gold <laughs> said, I'm going to always support A2HH. We really appreciate that, man. We going to always support y'all. I think that's a great transition, too. So, yeah, I think you we guys... We for the people, unlike some people. No, nah, man, we up for the people. According to hip-hop, it's about the people, and hip-hop, period, is about the people, right? Um, right. You know what I'm thinking, Mike? Hold on, hold on. Go Mike, ahead. You know what I'm thinking right now? We don't believe you. You need more people. There's a lot of J quotes <laughs> that, you know, that <laughs> correlate uh, yeah. with what's been going on. Guess who's about to clown? All right. All right. Well, here it is. Um, I think that, you know, if any of you guys were tuned into our last episode or saw the rebroadcast of our last episode, we spoke about uh, Rosenberg and Cypher Sounds, uh, Juan Epstein, uh, just first year podcast or whatnot, where they talked about magic. And it was clear that they hadn't really heard the effort too much. Mm-hmm. And they had a whole lot to say about it with nitpicking and whatnot. And we talked about it in our previous episode. And, you know, the fans heard what we had to say. And they went on uh, Peter Rosenberg's, you know, actual broadcast on the YouTube channel and on his Twitter and let him know what they thought about his take. Um, Since then, he has changed his uh, tone about Magic a little bit. He said that... (laughs) The more he listens to the album, the more he likes it. But he has also been somewhat doubling down and kind of riding on the fans, which I think is very interesting. Here's one of the tweets that uh, I wanted to pull out. He said, a lot of people are mad at me and Cypher Sounds because we didn't call Magic a classic, but a lot of you hype beasts are acting like life is good never happened. We're not talking about life is good. Okay, all right, all right. There's a lot of things that I, I found wrong with that tweet in itself. It's very problematic. All right, first off, no one, no one, and you can go back to the last broadcast and we can go to even people's comments on their video. No one has a problem with anybody not thinking magic is a classic. So that whole narrative of you know people are coming to him because he didn't call magic a classic that's a false narrative people had a problem with the fact that you guys clearly hadn't listened to the effort and you were finding all kinds of things to use to criticize an effort and you thought you weren't going to be called for it again We're talking about song structure. That was one of your big things about the critique of Magic. And based on the music you put together, even on your collaborative album that we actually loved and did a really good review on, it is not filled with... um, It's not filled with super complicated song structure. It's beats and rhymes. You've built your whole aura on Beats and Rhymes, and all we're asking, and all the fans are asking, and from what I saw, was to be consistent on that, and to be consistent with your critique. So, the narrative that you didn't call Magic a classic, it's not the problem here. The problem is that the media tends to continuously beat down anything that Nods puts out, whether it be 
good, bad, or indifferent, or great, and somehow always comes back to this Illmatic thing. Rolling Stone did the same thing recently, and uh, I'm going to get to that article too. But let me get to the second part of this uh, tweet. Oh, there's uh, more? Yeah, he there's said, well, no, no, I'm just, you know, I broke down that first part. But he said, a lot of you hype beasts are acting like life is good never happened. First of all, I, I you know... I don't like the whole labeling of what who people are, what people are doing. Like I, you know, I don't even know what this hype beast thing is. I think it's like some fashion shit, whatever. But I don't know if he's talking about us. I don't know if he's talking about you guys. But at the end of the day, don't sit here and try to group people into something like this is a group think thing. Like we're all just jumping on Nas's side to be cool, and we don't have any real valid assertions about everything you put out there. You have to validate your opinion. It's not your ability to sit here and group us and act like everything the people are saying is invalid. That's a problem. I'm not a hype beast. Coop's not a hype beast. I mean, I've never claimed to be that. But again, <laughs> this is coming well, from hold somewhere. On, what is a hype beast? My like, I might have to ask my daughter what that is. What the fuck is that? I don't so. know, man. You know, I, I think it's another, you know, virtual signal or whatever what people want to call it. It's a way to sit there and gaslight what people are saying and dismiss it. Exactly. We this? talk about life is good all the time. And you know what? At the end of the day, because when I was running down Nas's efforts in the past two years, you it's like and I accidentally left. I accidentally left out "Life Is Good" on live broadcast. It feels like that was coming to me straight up. But what oh, else? is that where that come from? The time that I hold on, you talking about what I just when I was like, "Don't forget, life is good." That, coincidental? I don't know. Hold on, Mike. See, okay. Well, you want to know what? Well, let me just go ahead. And, I mean, hold on, Mike. Are you finished? Is there more of his tweets? Uh. I, that's the only tweet I'm gonna pull up. I don't want to give too much light in that situation, but we will talk right. about the whole, you know, break. And a lot of you guys went to his Twitter and gave you got gave your opinions. Uh, my man Mark Wright, who's in the chat, you know, he told me that his you know response got deleted. So I guess that happens a lot. This is the thing. Um, the people run hip hop, man. Hip hop comes from the streets. And, Maybe I and, and my nothing shit. that you sit there and do on whatever <laughs> platform that you were ever given is going to change that. If the people are coming at you because you came an uh, incorrect way, don't double down. Just admit the truth. Just be like, yo, I didn't really get an album to listen like that. My bad. But the fact that you want to come at people because they have legitimate gripes and the fact that these critiques seem inconsistent with other critiques that you don't give other artists don't make it seem like they're crazy but go ahead i don't want to talk too much no 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 talk your shit because I'm, I'm gonna tell you what mike part of what i have to say is that i would have much more to say if i was the owner of this organization and not you this would be getting handled slightly differently i want to thank you for keeping your integrity and respectability of this organization intact Unfortunately, I mean, it's about for the him. people, man. You know what I'm saying? It is. So, it yeah. is. So, 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 can we get to a few things? Go ahead. Like, first of all, when I was talking about, I was about to get on some purple tape shit about these dudes who I hear out here who really don't do the work, and then I can hear like the snippets of what they say, and it sounds like something you and me said. 
a month or two prior. Oh, well, now I'm not going to be a stranger about one of the people that I'm talking about. Now I'm just going to like, like I'm talking about him and, and some of the other people <laughs> doing the same thing, because here's what happened. He's too busy. In L.A. Driving his ancient Range Rover <laughs> to listen to one of the greatest MCs of all time. If we're just going to speak about it subjectively, we yeah. have crowned him the greatest MC of all time. But let's just be. Like, 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 let's let's pull everything and all things be considered. He is clearly one of the greatest MCs of all time. Right. If you are a purveyor and somebody who claims to be a torchbearer of this hip hop shit, the way that he claims, and I like the fact that you bring up that we rated his project fairly and honestly by calling it a dope project because it was, mm-hmm. and it remains so. Like, like all of this doesn't change the fact that he made a dope project. But here's the reality of the matter: like, you're a little lost, you're a little out of touch. You bringing up your Range Rover and being in L.A. with your agent like niggas want to hear that when Nas just dropped magic. Like, don't nobody care about that. But what you did was you kind of like open yourself up and you showed how little you was paying attention to the project. You also showed your narcissism by showing how much you like to talk about yourself instead of talking about one of the greatest MCs of all time dropping arguably the album of the year. If this is your job, your job wasn't to talk about some Range Rover in L.A. and your <laughs> agent or tell some story. Your job is to talk about Nas and magic and at least give it an appropriate and proper review. Nobody asked you to call it a classic, fam. I don't I don't even know if we called it classic. We just we called did. it album of the year. So when you're talking about people running around calling it classic, what you sound like is defensive. I'm going to tell you, Mike, when I get defensive, it's usually one or two times and it's usually both things. It's usually when I'm wrong or when I'm emotional. And it's usually both of those things at the same damn time when I get defensive. So what he is right now is wrong and emotional and is showing, he's taking shots at fans. He's doing this subliminal high school prom girl stuff by taking these subliminal shots at us instead of saying our names. It's like, no, you don't got to go in the corner and talk to your girlfriends. You can bring your ass to the floor and dance. But like I said in those tweets, we know who owns you. So we know that you're not going to do that because you're not built like that anyway. Mike, he is talking about us because of that redacted and redacted comment, as in Mike D and Coop, the redacted and the redacted. <laughs> well, someone in the in a post said he's Mike, talking about I'm, something else. I don't even I'm care. I'm not done. This is from a dude that is talking about going to L.A. and driving his agent's Range Rover and doesn't even remember Raekwon's verse from Eye for an Eye or Verbal <laughs> Intercourse. What kind of head are you? Like, if you wanted some respect, you lost it. Mike, it's like you told me behind the scenes. He's like, every real head knows how Raekwon's verse to verbal intercourse starts off as opposed to how it starts off for eye for an eye. So when you're criticizing Primo for the scratches that he's doing, you can't even get the fucking verse right. That's why I was like up on there like, shh, like you look like a fool because you out of touch. You're not on point. And to be honest, like he's the hype beast because what they've done is they've taken this culture and they put their name on it because, Mike, they want to be friends with rappers. I don't give a fuck about being no friend with no right. rapper. Let that shit be known up on Front Street right now. I'm not your friend. I'm not looking to be your friend. You're not looking to be my friend. I'm exactly. not making you no money. Like, I know how this shit really goes. So he's one of them dudes who's sitting up here playing relationships and friendships. And the fact that he's been doing it so long and ingratiated himself with the culture, he thinks he has a voice. And it's like, you tried to son us. Ain't no son in according to hip hop because don't nobody own us. Ain't no son in me. And at any point in time, I told him, I was like, I pull up on your podcast. I tell it to you live. We can address whatever hip hop issue you want to address. Mike, he said he we had no talent. Mike, you and I, <laughs> I'm going to speak for myself. I'm going to speak for myself. Oh, we're more articulate than you, my brother. We're more intelligent than you. 
we're really more connected to this hip-hop shit than you are. Like, you a sham. You a liar. You a phony. You a fake. Like, you a lot of things, but what you not is talented. What you are is built on your relationships. Our talent got your ass roasted with not even 5,000 followers on YouTube while you got 350,000 followers on YouTube because the power lies in the people. Exactly. Ain't no sun in us. And, and, and yo, I want you to pull up to Atlanta and give me that same fucking energy. Listen, man, we got the people and the people speak and obviously the people speak. I got to more him. shit. Like, like, and I'm gonna put my foot on your neck too. Like, I'm not letting up on you either. I don't care who you know, nigga. Hey man, listen, man. It's um the people spoke and the people went to his platform and didn't sound like a lot of people was with him on this. So, you know, again, it ain't going to stop. No, and, like, oh, and, like, like, no, Mike, I'm saying all that because, like, he made it personal. We were talking about a reaction to the music. That's yeah. how I know that he knows he's out of pocket because he couldn't respond musically. That's why I said we can pull up on your podcast and, like, address it as in musically. We can talk about it, like, yeah. and debate it, but you don't want no smoke because you're not that good at this anymore. You don't do your job like you used to anymore. And you were never better than me at this to begin with. Mike and I just started doing this, and we already got people on your ass. What does that say about what we've been doing? You dedicated <laughs> your life to this. We just pulled up a year and a half ago with your weak ass. But the thing is, we built. Hello, nigga. You know what I'm saying? We what we, up? We actually built something with the people, and thanks to right. the people that we were actually able to build something from the ground up. It's yeah. different when somebody just puts you in position. It's different when somebody just puts you in position and puts you on a platform, and people got to warm up to you. We actually were actually ingratiated with the people from the ground up. So Mike, our shit's different. A year ago this time, we had about 250 followers, and we were still doing and saying the same exact things. Yeah. What up? Exactly, man. You know what I'm saying? And we we here to have hip-hop discussions. Right, and right. Like, like you I can said, hip-hop is about his timeline. Like, like, you can go check his YouTube and his timeline and watch where he switched up. Now he's trying to show videos of where he gave Nas props. That ain't what we're talking about, nigga. That ain't what we're talking about. We saw what the initial reaction was. Yeah, bottom we seen line, you. Bottom line, Hello? there is clearly a media he script. Like a girl. Clearly, he a, like a girl. <laughs> bottom line, there's a media script point out point. here to actually review and handle Nas' efforts a certain way, and he fit right into that script. And so you can't change that now. It's not about it's saying anything favorable about Nas, whatever, whatever. You should have just looked at this project. As it was, if you didn't really rock with it like that, at least give reasons why you didn't. And if you hadn't heard it like that, chill out before you actually say something about it. I mean, I want you to understand how funky this game is. It's like I'm pretty certain half the dudes that even have relationships with him probably don't even like him, but they have to because of his radio and his business and political connections. I'm not tied to any of those people. No, no, like you about, to, really you about to catch this. You better not you better not miss another Raekwon quote. How about that? I'm going to be right back on your shit. Be like, what's up, purveyor of the underground? Like, what's up, champ? Like, yeah, nigga, you don't want this smoke. Go sit down somewhere. Like, go cash your checks like you've been doing. Mike, they started off the podcast talking about some. We don't have anything to talk about. We're hoping the fans will maybe give us something to talk about. It's like, they oh, they had no fans in there. We didn't have no fans. No, no, no. You're here to cash a check. I get it. Next. They didn't have no fans in there. I mean, you know what? I'm going to be perfectly honest, anyway. man. Before we did our podcast and somebody, uh, you know, reached out to me and told me what was going on because I didn't really follow, you know, the Wine Epstein podcast like that. They said that, you know, somebody was saying something about magic. I checked it out. I told you to check it out, whatever, whatever. When I went over to that YouTube video that I sent you, there was like seven comments on there. After our show, it was like 57 on there. We did that. And I have no problem actually 
sending people to people's content because this is about the culture. I want people to be educated on what you said in the moment. And, you know, you can backtrack and all that stuff. Everything that we've said is highly documented. You can go back to any of the previous episodes. Nobody said anything about, oh, you got to call this in this classic. Because really, let's just keep it real and not to toot our own horn. The reason why people was on your ass is because of our episode. So there's nobody else you're really talking about when it comes right. to right. that part of it. Right. But unless you're talking right. about the fans and you're talking about our broadcast. And all these fans can't be wrong. Right. And, you Mike, know, let me know Mike. in the chat too. Let us know. Do you all think we were wrong or what? Mike, what is it? Mike, first of all, I'm not apologizing. It's way too late. I don't know. Well, do he's not apologizing either. So right? I'm That's definitely not apologizing. No, 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 no. I ain't the type of dude to do apologies. <laughs> no, nah, like, I ain't first none of, of that. All, like, somebody who follows us added us. Because here's what I mean when I'm saying he tried to sun us. He think that he's so big that when he speak that somebody who may follow us ain't going to catch wind of it. Like he was talking that shit like he was talking freely. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. You're not talking freely no more. You already a slave anyway. Like what you like, what you what you doing that for anyway? Like, why is he taking shots? This dude got like just on Twitter because I pulled up on him yesterday. Like, I'm sure everybody know now. Like you got over three hundred fifty thousand followers on Twitter. Why are you pulling up on a podcast? that just started a year and a half ago with $5,000 taking subliminal shots. It's like, you can't say that shit with your chest when you got literally 350,000 more followers. It's like, don't expect me to respect you because where I'm from, when you got the, like the type of position that he's in versus the position that we in and you move the way that he moved. Like I said, like a little high school girl at prom gossiping to her friends. Oh no, nigga. Like it's foot on your neck time. Cause I can see that you weak. Well, honestly, man, let, let's keep it real. Like every I said, which way. the way nigga. that these followings developed were a lot different. We did we, it from the ground shit. up. You know, you got on hot nine, seven, got on ESPN or whatever and developed your following that way. Cause again, it wasn't a lot of people in your mentions or in the comments defending him to that degree anyway. So if you got people to really rock with what you're saying, where they at? No, where he at? I told you, we'll pull up live on him. Like, as in, like, you can take the money for this. I just, like, want to roast you since we ain't got no talent. Like, Mike, I ain't even going to take no <laughs> notes and I can roast him. Like, he been past it. Like, what you talking about? Listen, I don't man. take no notes when I do this, Mike. You know I don't what? take no you... notes when I do this. I take my notes live about the things that you say. Like, oh, Mike, that's a good point. I'm be taking no notes. You know what, man? I'm in this shit right now. I told you this offline. I told you this offline, man. Like, you the best out here doing this hip-hop shit when it comes to breaking down the game and breaking down the music like i don't even know what we want to call ourselves i guess me uh, like visual journalists because we've taken this thing from the page to the actual video but as far as people commentating on the culture man you're the best to do it out here and as far as that no talent thing i mean i heard they weren't talking about us but you know, coming things from seem a guy to with no talent. That's coming from the guy with the relationships and no talent talking. It's like I was like, "Does this no talent nigga say I didn't have talent?" It's like, "What are you talking about?" Well, like, you know what? Like this we, is the, this we is pulled up I on first... you pretty fast, fam. We pulled up on you fast. Like you dedicated your whole life on this, to, like to this, like like to this aspect of it. We pulled up on you in a year and a half. Who really got the talent? This is the thing, man. When <laughs> when he kind of really threw me for a loop, and this was about maybe seven eight years ago. When he broke bad with Chuck D, I was like, yo, what's going on here? You remember that? When he yeah, actually called out Chuck sure. D and, and he was like, who named you president of hip hop type thing? And I'm like, yo, you out of line. Who you talking to? Who you talking to? Exactly. I never talked to like, Chuck D in my life. Who gave you 
the credentials to be able to sit here and talk down on Chuck. That's D. what I'm talking about. This man, no, 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 no. This man may fight the power. This man may, it takes a nation and millions to hold us back. You should have nothing to say to Chuck D at all. No, Mike, that's why I keep on bringing up that whole Range Rover in L.A. comment. It's like, why are you talking about you? This is about Nas. You a narcissist. You done got bigger, think you bigger than this. Like, you the issue. Nas's projects, Hit Boys Beats, the song structure, not the issue. Motherfuckers like you is the issue. We addressing the issue. Now, pull up. All right, I, I see a post right here. Let me see, man. This buddy dude is everywhere. And A2HH post talking about Nas, Tunnels, Nas, man. All right, yeah, I, it's oh, a lot Range going Rover on. Range Rover in LA, the issue. Range Rover, I, I ain't letting that go. Be like, are you, hey, every time he review a project, be like, hey, were you and your agents Range Rover in LA when you listen to that project? <laughs> every time. That's what I mean. I'm about to put my foot on, dude. Like, like, yeah, you don't know who you're dealing with. All right. This is what I want to get to, because, again, all of this stuff coincides with the the agenda when it comes to Nas and his efforts. And, again, mm-hmm. we seem to be like the only uh, media platform that's kind of uncovered this, but it's consistent. So, all right, this is what happened today, man. This was like maybe two, three hours before our show. I'm just scrolling on my phone. And you know how you go to Google and they'll suggest certain articles? Well, it was a Nas article written by Rolling Stone. They have yet to review Magic, but when it came to the title of it, it looked like it was a favorable article. Let me put this on the screen real quick. So, the article title. Why we gotta keep doing this? No, the article title says. I I mean, I want people to really see and understand what's like really going on. No, we're about to get into it. We're about to get into it. But uh, the article title says. Nas ruled the world decades later. He look he's looking for more to conquer. And I'm like, okay. First sentence. First sentence. They say there are more frequent solo eclipses than there are instant classics in rap. But back in 1994, once again, we're going back to Illmatic. Can we just pause right there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Mike. And you know, I've been saying this since this podcast started. This is what I mean about we've been consistent. I told you, Mike. Vibe Magazine wrote an article that reviewed it was written in 1996 that became the template for how to criticize Nas by referencing Illmatic in every project thereby that hasn't been Illmatic has literally taken on the same exact tone of that project. Mm -hmm. You can go look at any Nas release from the moment that, that that Vibe Magazine review was released. It is like some sort of secret uh, hip hop writers template book code yeah. for how to criticize Nas for how to keep him being on top of his culture. Mike, I've been saying this since this podcast started. Mike, I used to say this to my niggas. I used to think I was tripping. No, it's crazy, man. And again, they're still doing it. Yeah, they're you still see how doing quick it. he went to Illmatic? He it's went to Illmatic in the first sentence. Let me get back to the Boom. article real quick. It's the whole narrative. So, and they, Mike, in the narrative, and, 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 and they're so simple, they're not even hiding it. It's like in plain sight if you're paying attention. Oh, yeah. That, see, that, I think they're, like, this, they're like, we think you're stupid and you don't see what we're doing. I think in this article particular, they thought that they were going to be able to have a favorable tagline and people wouldn't actually read the article. But here we go. So the article starts off, there are more frequent solar eclipses than there are instant classics in rap. But back in 1994, when Nas courted an unbelievable hype after a planet shifting verses on 1991's Live at the Barbecue following a red hot halftime a year later. Then delivered the Library of Congress inducted Illmatic, he achieved the impossible. Magic 
Nas's 15th studio album, which arrived late December as a surprise second project of 2021, doesn't set the stakes that high. But it's a mature, uh, mo- um, excuse me, it's a mature mo- uh, monument for the legendary rapper who sounds newly charged. Far from a downer, magic brims the big elder statesman energy, and it's a fine cognac that gives you wings. Um, all right. What is that? All right, all right. I, I think that that, listen, if you feel that way about magic, what is that? Why are we talking about Illmatic? And why would you even put in there <clears throat> that it doesn't set the stakes that high? So, Mike, let's, let's go ahead and address something right quick. Mm-hmm. We don't even know if he listened to these songs because he didn't give us one critical analysis of any, of songs. any songs. They didn't Not mention one. any songs from Magic Not one on this song project. It's mentioned or analyzed. So here's what they're trying to do. Because let's just be honest about this now, too. Oh, we done got up here and gave it to them, too. Mm-hmm. And I done tweeted and to cover their some ass. of the letters. They tried to cover their ass right quick with a quick article. I'm not saying that they haven't listened to the project. What I'm saying is that you're talking about. Okay. That's because you haven't said anything about any song on here. How are you going to sit here I'm and saying. talk How about the album? How are you reviewing album? something without talking about any songs on How the album? How are you going to sit here and say this about the album? It's so problematic. And it's so problematic. Yeah, it's and, so and problematic. not mention any songs. Not one. There wasn't even songs. a reference to the songs. It's almost like it's almost like wherever fam was. They emailed him like, we need you to do this. He's like, I don't even have access to Wi-Fi right now. They're like, we need to write whatever you know about Nas <laughs> right now. Because what it is is a recap of Nas's career it from is. one person's perspective more than it is any sort of review. There's no review in there. And then, you know what? And then he goes on this tangent about the 80s. Hold on one second. Like, nigga, that- if so- hold on, hold on, hold on. If somebody wants a Nas rundown... Go to Wikipedia. We got Wikipedia everywhere, man. All right. Go to Wikipedia. We don't need Rolling Stone to do Nas like Wikipedia rundowns. It's like, well, if you look at where Nas was when Illmatic came out, and it's like, nigga, what? what? It's like, where the magic review at? Where the magic review at? All right. So so the next paragraph says, for much of his career, Nas has dealt with some uniquely frustrating factors that came with being universally revered uh, wonder kind. Though the 80s gave us paid in full, the great adventures of Slick Rick and Straight Outta Compton, which were all canon worthy from jump, none of those had to satisfy skeptical listenership. Um, rap was still new and everything still felt enchanting. By the early 90s, when Nas emerged, his hip hop scope had broadened and the fans in different regions of the country were uh, guarding their own carefully developed homegrown taste. To everyone on the same page in an instant, it was unconceivable as uh, solving the New York Times crossword puzzle, same time lapsing as the Chronics intro. What are we talking about? What? I'm sorry. I'm what? sorry. What? Did, did you fall what? asleep? Are you awake? Are you awake? <laughs> was that a review for Magic? No, no, Is that no, a Magic no, album no, no, no. review? He's just talking. He's See, talking. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. I want to go back to something right quick. Go too. ahead. Here's how off point Rosenberg was, because I just remembered that he said this. He said, Nas released this album three days before the new year. It's like, no, no, no. You got it on December 28th or 29th, three days before the new year. It came out December 24th, fam. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, about that's how point. See how people be showing their face and their card, really? You know what I'm saying? Everybody that's know Music Day is Friday. Oh, yeah. you got two at the following Wednesday. You really wasn't checking for it. We know who you work for. You but know what? Too, um, I'm sitting here looking. Stone. That's what I'm saying. Like, they, they, sh- they show who they are. But Mike, that's why I keep bringing up the work. This is about the work because it's like, y'all ain't even doing the work. Like, 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 and so it's like, you're not even going to do the work. 
and, and Mike and I are doing the work, well, we're going to talk about how you're not doing the work, fam. And so, like, if people pull up on you because you're not doing the work, well, that's really not, like, my problem or, or Mike's problem or the people problem who really are the deciders of it. Well, th that means your work ethic's not really, like, intact. And maybe you should do something like, you know, about your goddamn self. <laughs> Stop sending subliminal messages and arguing with fans. Or send them black men to write articles. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess we didn't. To, I mean, to review albums where they don't talk about. I guess we didn't show now. people the writer of this article. We didn't show people the writer of this article. The writer of this article is a brother named uh, Will Dukes. Um, he appears I, to be our age, if not older. Yeah, he, you know, uh, sorry for and the he smaller. New York. Yeah. He's probably ahead, Mike. Yeah, but sorry for the smaller image, guys, but Will Dukes, uh, you know, he seems to be an older cat, you know, has the New York Yankees hat on, so he's probably Mike, a New Yorker or whatever. Um, like his jargon? Like his jargon and his rhetoric? No, 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 he's a good writer. Like, why there's not any song, critical song, Breakdown of Magic, which was arguably the best album that was released last year, even though it got released in the last week of the year. I didn't tell y'all to go on uh, Rosenberg's page. Y'all did that on your own. But if you want to find uh, Will Dukes, just put in Will Dukes, uh, Rolling Stone, Google, and his Twitter will come up. Let him know what you think about the article. Um, let me get it's to a very extensive part. article. It's very well written. It's but a well written article. It's a well written article that says nothing about the music on the actual album that it's supposed to be about. And, 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 and what are we supposed to be covering, Mike? Music. Supposed to be covering the music. This okay. is about hip hop. Right. Let me okay. get to this part make, of the I just, I just want to make sure that our no talent having asses aren't being hype beasts because it seems like we <laughs> keep covering the music and um, I don't know what these other niggas doing. Really, quite frankly, at this point. Let me get to this part, man, because this is where the narratives start coming in, right? It says the internet and gravity eventually come for everyone. It's damn near an African proverb and a sentiment. Has, it's very problematic. Right. And the sentiment has applied to the man born Nasir Ben Alu Dara Jones. Nasir right Ben Alu Dara, Fish Guella. Right now in 2022, some kids is doubtful, pointless as uh, the words Nas lost on Reddit from a mother's basement. Much of the hate comes from former fans. Upset about their unfulfilled fantasies of an Illmatic 2. Never mind how likely that ever was. Let me read that again. He Can said, we stop right there? No, no, no. Let me, let me read that again and we'll stop there. Please, he said, please, much please, of... Please, feel free to repeat yourself. No. Much of the hate comes from former fans. Former fans of Nas, I guess he believes. Upset about their unfulfilled fantasies of an Illmatic 2. Never mind how unlikely that ever was. Have you ever met a former Nas fan? Have you ever met somebody that sat there and said, you know what, man, I used to fuck with Nas and Illmatic. Man, I don't fuck with that nigga no more. Have you ever? Mike, around the time Nas Tradamus. That's why I keep going back to when J.D. said Nas Tradamus. Niggas no, no, still no, 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 fuck no. with Nas. No, no, no. How about this? Ain't no Mike, former here's what I mean. Nas no, 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 no. How about this? This is what I mean. When I was in Greensboro, there was a DJ who happened to be a friend of mine at the time. Rolled in the same circles. Twan Love. Real name name was Twan Love. DJ Twan Love. Me and Twan were at work one day. I was like, yo, Nas top five MC all time. He's like, J top five, Nas not top five. That's what I mean about like fall off. Like for where Nas was from Hillmatic, for somebody to even say, 
You know what I'm saying? Again, this is textbook, and this goes back to the whole Rosenberg notion. That was a DJ. And he was one of the best DJs in the area, Mike. Like, when he said that, he was like, I don't think so, Coop. I was like, what about Jay? He's like, oh, yeah, Jay's in the top five. I was like, whoa. I was like, really? I was like, you got Nas? Like, I was like, he was like, yeah. He's like, man, he's like, last couple. He's like, cool. You know? So, like, for that moment, yeah. Which is when Jay struck, too. So, you got to understand, there was about a year, year and a half where it's like, yeah. No, I knew niggas that was fucking with Nas and stopped fucking with Nas. Yeah. But he got them back with Stillmatic. And, you know, for anybody who was in that stratosphere. And even when he did the... um, that H to the Omo freestyle or whatever, or the paid in full. Like, there's not a former That's Stillmatic Nas freestyle. Game. That's actually called the Stillmatic freestyle. freestyle. That's what it's called. Yeah. yeah, that was like in parentheses. I remember getting that off of like Napster or whatever. So I just remember the I name that too. I downloaded it from. Um, listen, the other part is he said much of the hate comes from former fans. First of all, I don't believe there part. are former Nas fans out there. Is there some Nas hate out there outside of the actual media? That's, That's what I'm trying question. to say. Like when he said that, I'm like, no, I'm like, Nas is Nas doesn't really have former fans, and the fans are not the issue. How the media keeps handling the situations, the issue. So it's one of those deflecting things that's going on. That's what I mean. No, he's a good writer, but you see the deflection right there. It's bullshit. It's like Nas is former fans. It's like no, 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 no. It's like not, no, no, no. That's not true. That's no, no, not like, true. Don't you understand? It's like don't you understand that you're part of the problem? And technically, since Mike and I are part of the media, even though we're kind of like flagshipping right now. Even though it's not what we're trying to do, it's like, no, no, no. If we're part of the media entity, if we look at the scope of things, that makes you part of the problem, unless you're creating a narrative that They're is making the problem. Right. Right. They're creating right. Most the, problem. Of the problem. Most of the problem with Nas is what I'm trying to say. It's not industry created. It's not like compadre, like fellow rapper created. It's media created, which goes down always to relationships and money. I think this is what that? we've seen over the past couple of days. The, the fans have kept Nas afloat throughout his career. The he media, that, Mike. The media has wanted Nas gone. Period. And it's clear. Like, he can't even put out a good album without them even not even Mike, talking not about the music. Talk, Mike, they do not want to talk to this intelligent black brother about his catalog, his tech empire. Like, they don't want to do it. It hits different because he's not for, like, the things that they're for. You're like, you want me to do what? you like, no. Nah, you remember, <laughs> I know you remember. You remember in the Pitchfork Media um, uh, article for KD2 that we ripped apart? They He was making it sound like the right fact that Nas had a tech empire, that was a problem. Right. He made it seem like his success was a problem. I'm like... Mm-hmm. Hold on. I, I don't remember Hold the exact on, sentence, but Mike, it was a sentence Mike, that actually Mike, said that. Mike, I'm going to tell you something. So <clears throat> right before I left, you know, the reason that we didn't even review Magic as soon as it came out is because you had some circumstances come up that were unforeseen. I had some prior planned circumstances come up. And because mm-hmm. of that, we couldn't connect. But, Mike, I'm going to show you something that I found right quick and this is what i mean about what the media has been doing the whole time i'm going to show you something right quick that i found right before i left a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. what year was that this is 40 years of hip-hop 1973 to 2013 the dopest music of all time they took a pic they chose a picture of jay-z in 1996 mm-hmm. this is what's really been going on with the media for the last 20, 25 years. 
Like this, what's been going on? Like well, I found it. Like, I, got more, I got more like this, Mike. Mike, I got more like this, and it's been like this from the jump. You remember when uh, Rolling Stone did that four? Um, that was like that four magazine cover or whatever, and it was like kings of hip hop. They were counting down like the top hundred hip hop songs, and Biggie had a cover, Tupac had a cover, Eminem had a cover, and Jay Z had a cover. Hello. I mean, that's what I keep talking about. What's going on? What's really going on? It is. Right. You know, again, all right, let me, let me get back to this part. The only one of the, Mike, Mike, the only one of those dudes that got that cover that ever really out rhymed Nas, never really got to see himself like talk about out rhyming Nas because that's big on life after death. Big, big's the only one of those guys that ever even really out rhymed Nas. Like, and can say, like, no, 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 I'm better than that guy. He didn't even get to live to see to say that. That's how, like, that's what I mean about how skewed it is. Well, I would disagree with you because I think in 94 and 96, Nas was still the superior lyricist. Life now, if we want to talk about song maker. I, I, said, I, said, I said life after death, so I'm talking 97. I got you. I got yeah, you. Yeah, I'm talking 97. Yeah. 97 but you're right. He big. is a better MC than Big in 94 and 96, but not 97, Mike. Yeah, no. Ninety-seven, the firm came out, and Life After Death came out. Um, here's a little bit more of this article, and I don't want to waste you. I want to put you guys to sleep, but I want y'all to see how these narratives are very consistent. And again, I want to reiterate the fact that Rolling Stone still refused to actually rate this album. Did an article talking about Magic, but not talking about Magic. Having Magic in the album, not album title, in the article title and refused to actually delve into the album. Let's just say somebody was like, you know what? I want to see what people are talking about with this Magic album. You read this article, you get nothing. But let me get to this part. It says the problem with brilliant first introductions is that they make it too easy for rappers to get too comfortable going forward. And why not? If you poured your entire soul into the work of your, for your first time out, it makes sense to want to fall back and reap the rewards. But this generation, inspired by the emergence of hip-hop CEOs, seems to have emphasized relentless grind, even if that means foregoing some of the craftsmanship that shapes the greats from Nas's era. It's been... Stop, stop okay, right go there. Ahead. Hold on, what is he talking about? Like, the craftsmanship from Nas's era. Like, you get what I'm saying about, like, that vague rhetoric where it's like, no, that's one of those things when you're a writer, when you're talking about the craftsmen of the era, it's like, well, who are you talking about as craftsmen? Because what type of craftsmen are we talking? Are we talking a lyrical craftsman like a Big L or a Red Man? Are we talking about a song-making craftsman like a Tupac or a Biggie? Like, where are you putting Nas? Like, what are you doing? This is all vague rhetoric. That's what I mean. No, it's well-written, but what is it saying? I'm just making you stop to expose that it's saying nothing. This is a bunch of blah 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 in this article. It's a and you know blah, what? Blah, blah, blah. Bunch of blah blah. Not blah. a bunch, Look. not a bunch. No, no, no. No, Mike, I heard some valid assertions and there were some things in there that I could hear where I'm like, no, 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 but no. They, okay? don't, they don't belong in this article. Not if we're talking about magic, which is what we're supposed to be doing, because it's a great album. I'm we're trying not supposed to, to be talking about Illmatic at all. I'm right. not supposed to be talking about Illmatic at all. We're Let me get to, to the point where he's talking about yeah. magic, and I don't like have the, it. The um, only the only way when we're talking about magic or even KD two that Nas's prior albums should come into place is where we're placing them in placement of them because of where they should rank because of the quality of projects. Exactly. The rest of that shit need to die. Exactly. Uh, JB90 wants to know who wrote this article. It's a gentleman named Will Dukes. Here's his picture right here on the screen. If you guys want to find Will Dukes, you can Google him and with Rolling Stone's name on it and his Twitter will show up. 
You can let him know what you think about the article. Let me get to the part where he's actually talking about magic, but let's see if he gets into it real quick. Say magic captures some of the intensity with uh, pristine production from Hip Boy, who also contributed heavily on Nas's 2020 LP, King's Disease, and the 2021 sequel, both of which mark up trajectory after disappointing 2018 Kanye West collaboration, Nasir. It's another narrative, but whatever. Um, the California bread maestro has aroused a newfound hunger in Nas and inspired him to link up with like-minded veterans. King's Disease 2 boasts the headlining Goblin verse from Lauren Hill and focuses on DJ and focused DJ Premier is one of the only two features on Magic. And rap and rap better than any 40-something label founder has a right to. Okay. And then he says, um, in some ways, Magic recalls 2012's Life is Good. He's talking about a whole bunch of other albums. We're not even talking about the songs on Magic. A critical success by most accounts, and Olive Branch and sort of uh, after his failing marriage with Khalees, with songs like Bye Baby, where Nas muses and he gives a quote from there. Um, he sounded remorseful in uh, Life is Good, but notably didn't take much responsibility. Oh, goodness. And uh, talking about never played you, I uh, pray we stay together. In a subsequent year, as Khalees has accused him of physical abuse, my nigga, what are we talking about? You're going to bring up the fact that Khalees accused Nas of physical abuse in this article? What are we talking about? And Nas has, in turn, thoroughly denied the charges as, quote, unquote, fictitious. Some listeners may tune out. Really? The propaganda. But anyway, last sentence here. Uh, magic is something else. Not exactly an atonement, but a gracious gift to day one listener who's still, who's still with him. After several hiatuses and some questionable artistic decisions in the past, Nas appeared to have found um, a, kind of, um, a contentment excuse me, in remaining prolific. Here's an anticipating this elite storyteller's next chapter. Okay. So, Mike, let's go, ahead and, let's go ahead and unpack what that really was. Yeah. That's how politicians talk. They talk on both sides so they, they really they can get your vote at the end of the day. There's too much double talk going on for one. That's it, Mike. What, uh, what's this guy's Twitter again? His name is Will Dukes. W-I-L-L. Last name Dukes. D-U-K-E-S. And, you know, just Google Will Dukes, Rolling he's Stone, his Twitter very, should come up. He's proud of the article. He posted he's it proud Twitter of the article. He said, he look what I did, thing. guys. But Mike, but Mike, the last guy who, who posted the pitchfork thing did the same thing. He was proud, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let him know what y'all think of. Let him know what y'all think of him bringing up Nas's physical, alleged physical abuse of Khalees. But let's, an article no, let's, about Matt. Come on, man. Let, let's go to some subtleties. And you brought up one of the subtleties. First of all, in the span of about one stanza, he talked about life is good, KD1 and KD2, and said nothing about magic. All right? He talked about how great Lauren Hill was within that same stanza. Mike, she ain't on magic. Mike, within that same stanza, he also called Hit Boy Pristine. But, Mike, here's what I mean about the tub double talk. When he bought up Hit Boy for KD1 and KD2, he said heavily contributed. Not heavily contributed, the only other contributor. Exactly. You get what I'm saying? So you don't even know where all the credits lie. You haven't been doing your work. 
I right. think that, but you know like, what, you know like, what, it, times, it's interesting. Like, it, it comes back to the work. No, no, no. You they, know what I'm saying? Because when you do cool. your work and do your job. Cool. They are doing the work. They're doing the work of slandering Nas. That's what the right. job is. The job is to discredit Nas and to slam Nas and give him backhanded comments. Compliments. Uh, compliments excuse me. That's the job. The right. job is not to sit here and uh, revere at the music and the work that's being done. They're doing the work. He did like, enough work to go out there and know what Khalees said about him. He called Hit Boy's beats pristine. He called Lauryn Hill's verse gobbling. He talked He talked about Nas's personal life. Not one Didn't song Didn't rate the album at all. One, one song analysis. So like... Yeah, you're right. I mean, we ain't even got to go to the point where he didn't rate the album. He had no song in that. He didn't even pull a quote from the album. He's pulling quotes from Life is Good. He's pulling quotes from uh, It Was Written, Hate Me Now. There's no quotes from Magic. What are we talking about? Hate Me Now quote, it's like, why are you talking about how Nas is building songs in 1998 when he just made Magic in 2021 and his hook and spit game is crazy? Like why? Like I, I'm sorry, like, Coop. You may disagree with me as a writer, but this article was trash. I'm sorry, man. It's trash. I'm sorry, Will Dukes. I don't know how old you are. I mean, I don't understand where this article was going. Um, I, I don't. I don't get it. I'm sorry. I think that it was a another slander piece, but they tried to decode it and disguise it in a complimentary way in the title. Because again, when I saw the article, I thought I was about to hear somebody give Nas props. No. No, you heard that double time. How about no. this? You know what he did in the article? He did the same thing that Rosenberg did. He's like he's like straddling a line, but like there'll be no giving it to Nas, but it's like that back and forth. Mm-hmm. But it's like they don't understand. It's like like that's like, song structure. It's always something. And again, I you know, right. I, I, I was talking to my guy Brandon. I was like, you know what this? You gotta get in that Illmatic bag, Mike. You gotta say that it's not Illmatic. This reminds me of all right, you Mike. You know how I feel about Michael Jordan, and I think Michael Jordan was so relentless to the point where you really can't say too much about Michael Jordan. But what they do is they use Michael Jordan's career to discredit LeBron James. Like Michael Jordan is LeBron James's Illmatic. We need to find a way to sit here and discredit anything Nas is doing. And Illmatic is the way to do that. Any way to discredit LeBron James and anything he does, we got to use Michael Jordan. Well, you want to know what, Mike? I mean, I think it's just because, well, how about this? The testament to that, to both of them, I think at this point, that's established those are the two greatest players of all time. At least in the modern era, we talk about live television and yeah. all the pressures that let's say, come with that. Let, yeah. let, Mike, Mike, let's put a hip hop tag on it. Post nineteen seventy two. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So, you know, so so a lot of that is respect to both of them. But I get what you're saying. But here's my problem with that. How about this? What you all are really doing too, and here's the back end of it. And this is what I mean. It's a back ended compliment for Nas. The fact that y'all keep going back to Illmatic like this every time he drops an album. It's proof positive that it's the greatest hip hop album of all time, Mike. Because no other album gets right. reference. We don't do that to anybody, you know. And, and literally you know, nobody, Mike. When the last time we talked about Enter the Wu Tang? Exactly. When the last time we talked about Reasonable Doubt? When the no, last time no, we talked no. about Let's Ready to it. Die? I no, love, I love Snoop, and we was talking about how Snoop, Snoop has one of the strongest catalogs in hip hop. But we all know Doggy Style is special to the point where. 
I think he could just go straight doggy style in the verses and damn near beat anybody. They don't do that to Snoop. They never did that to Snoop. Nobody was ever like when he dropped the game is not sold, uh, is to be sold, not told, or when he dropped Top Dog. Nobody ever was like, yo, it's not doggy style, though. You know what I mean? Mike, Mike, I like that you're making that reference because let's be honest, doggy style is one of the few albums that's fucking with Elmatic now, isn't it? Period. I've said that in previous shows. Doggy one of the few albums that you can be. line up and be like, like, like it's one of the few albums that you can say, hey, I like Doggy Style better than Nomadic Coop. It's like, well, you want to know what? If you feel that way, I really can't feel no type of way about you feeling that way. That album's that great. Ain't I got to be in the Illmatic like mood. I got to be in the Illmatic mood. If I'm jumping in the car, man, I'm throwing on I Doggy, doggy Style. style anytime. How about this, Mike? I feel you. I got to be in the mood. Like, how about this, Mike? My top five? I got to be in a mood to listen to all of them except for Doggy Style, actually, if you really wanted to know the truth. Chop 100 said uh, Death Certificate by Ice Cube. It's funny you say that, man. I listened to Death Certificate the other day, man. That shit is crazy, especially the second half. I mean, the first half's crazy, too. But that second half, the stuff that Cube is saying, <laughs> Black Korea, like, yep, yeah. leading no, up to no, uh, Mike, Colorblind, that shit is crazy. Crazy. Mike, I keep trying to say this. Like the way that they reference it, it's like you would think that there aren't albums fucking with Illmatic. Exactly. Like we think we would we Mike, we think that there are albums fucking with Illmatic. Like you think a Clemini is better than Illmatic, actually. I do. Yeah. I think that the purple tape and a Clemini and Doggy Style and Peyton Full are right behind Illmatic. Like shh. You know what? The only thing that I would give and see same thing. The low end theory, enter the Wu Tang. This is the thing. None of these albums get talked about like this. This is the thing, though. You know, and and somebody made this point. I forgot what I was watching. I don't want to give people credit when conversations come up, but a lot of people were talking about how hip hop is a collective sport. And you think about the best albums ever made. A lot of those are collectives. Those tribe albums are collectives. Those cast albums are collectives. I mean, Mike, you want to talk about talk doggy about... style? Doggy style is a collective. Mike, Mike, I don't want to talk my shit, but I said that on this show live this past summer. I was like, if you go yeah. look at most hip hop classics, there are very few that are solo missions, like real solo missions. Yeah, straight like, up. Like paid in full. The Greatest Adventures of Slick Rick, mm-hmm. Criminal Minded, Long Live the Cane, Illmatic, because Mike, when it happens, it shows ready Illmatic to die. Illmatic was a solo mission, but the production cast was all-star. I will but say that. In an era where no, okay, it so, wasn't so, always so, so I, I'm talking about, like, how about this? If we're talking about who the MC is on the album, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm talking about. I like, mean, that's even what I'm the purple about. tape. Like, Mike, but what, like, that's ready. what I was going to say, No, though. no, no. I was going to give you that collective, Mike. No, but no, I, what I, I was going to give you that credence when it came to Illmatic in relation to Akumina and the Purple Tape. It's mm-hmm. not versus these collectives, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. versus arguably two of the two of the three probably like like the Dungeon Family and Wu-Tang Clan are probably are, are easily two of probably the five greatest collectives in hip-hop history. He made an Easy. album that's comparable to the best stuff that ever came out of those camps by himself. Oh wait, and he has the best verse on the like Purple Tape. And he has the best verse on this guy. Mike, Mike, I got the purple tape number three. Mike, it goes, for me, it goes Illmatic, Aquimini, purple tape. Mike. And the thing is so crazy about the purple tape, everybody who's the top MC on there, they gave their best. Mike, you get about, you get Jizza at his best. You get Deck at his best. You get Meth at his best. You get Rizza at his best as an MC. Mike, you got you guys' best Mike, verses on the purple tape, right? Mike, 
everybody on that album, with the exception of maybe Method Man. No, it's probably Meth Mike. All of those are top 10 verses out of all those dudes' catalogs. Like Mike, Dex verse on Guillotine, that's one of his best five oh, verses. Jesus verse, that's probably... The graph and have to inspect the deck on the wall path. You know what verbal intercourse is. Mike Rizza, Master Kill on Glaciers of Ice, Capadonna on Ice I forgot Wars. about Master Kill on Glaciers of Ice. That's his best verse. It is. No, Straight Mike, up. Mike, actually, I, actually, Mike, I think Duel of the Iron Mike mm. is right there. Proceed Duel of the Iron Mike right there. as you enter the symphony. Oh, no, man. no, 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 no. Degrees of punishment increase intensely. The battle is won by swords being swung. Slice them with the vocal. Oh, yeah. No, never mind. Mike. That shit is totally crazy. Totally listen, wrong. listen, 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 listen. I was a huge fan of ice cream growing up, and that's still one of my favorite beats, period. Mike, I still, I still think Mike. that Glaciers of Ice is my favorite song on that album. Mike, Glaciers of Ice is next level. Mike, way Shit before crazy. Jay was talking about Meyer Lansky, that's Raekwon in 1995. Rap Meyer Lansky, crash your fantasy, get fellas sitting by. Here's the plan C. Sit back, collect the text and checks and blow and flow in a Montero. Yeah, Mike. I Shit just crazy. remember how I used but to But it was feel. all of them, Mike. It was all of them. The purple tape is all of them. Equimini, all of them. Illmatic, it's like there's an AZ feature. Like, that's why I give Ready to Die its props. Oh, there's only a Method Man feature on Ready to Die, Mike. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's uh, yeah. Listen, yeah. Mike, Mike, I give reasonable die. I give reasonable doubt. Extremely high marks. You want to know why, Mike? Not a lot of rappers on there. Bigs on there. Got a verse. Got another half a verse. We'll see. Jazz. No, 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 no. This is the interesting thing about reasonable doubt when it comes to Jay's other catalog. It's like he got features on there, but they don't feel like it. He dominates. No, because Mike. Because there's big on rapping on track three with him, and mm -hmm. then you don't hear anybody for another eight or nine songs. He did that intentional. Like, he knew he had to give you big and marry up front, but after that, you don't hear nobody till Foxy so, on track nine. Well, I was going to say, what about Bleak on... Um, That's track 11. Yeah. That's coming to age. Foxy's and, and, and on track see, nine. It feels Bleak's like... on track 11. Regrets is track 13. Yeah. Or 14. No, Regrets is 14. Well, so I think about you, it. What about Sauce Money and uh, Jazz O? No, that's regrets. That's what regrets. I'm saying. That's 14, isn't no, it? No, not regrets, but uh, that's, um, you know, the song. Damn, we're on live. That's, you know what we're talking. Bring it on. Oh, right. Bring it on. Oh, I'm thinking about regrets, actually, Mike. Yeah. You're right. Bring it on, the primo joint. Man, yeah. bring it on is crazy. It's possibly you one of know Jay's it? best verses on there. You want to know what? Bring it on is one of those joints that I loved it when the album came out, but Mike, if you were talking about the replay value of that album today, it's actually like top five in terms of like what stayed. Yeah. Yeah, because that Primo joint is classic. Yeah. I mean, Can I Live is... I love yeah. Can I Live, man. I mean, um, Politics as Usual was my... Like, that's my... Like, at the end, Mike, like, I had never heard nobody talk like that, Mike, where he was like, ain't no stopping the champagne from popping the draws, from dropping the law, from watching. I hate him. Like, nobody ever spit like that, Mike. Like, Yo, Boyne King was, says that Jay wrote Bleak's verse, and it's funny he says that because I, I was going to say that, but I don't know. I mean, it sounds like it. It may sound like Bleak could have just been trying to rhyme like Jay, too. Yeah, I mean, it could have been that. I mean, I think actually, Mike, I mean, if we really want to call it, it's like Coming to Age is probably the weakest track on Reasonable Doubt. Coming and to it's Age more sounds about, old, you know what I mean? It's, like, well, well, it's more about the beat, too. The beat just, like, it's just not really doing anything for you, you know what I mean? And and, and when the beat does that, it's like an MC like Jay has to be all-time great on there, and he's not all-time great on there, he's just great. Well, you know, I think we've talked about this on shows before, but I always listen to albums and, you know, kind of think like what was the first song recorded on this album 
you never know because you never know the order of when things were recorded. But that song to me sounds the most primitive on Reasonable Doubt. Even the engineering of the record doesn't sound like it's at the level of like feeling it or dead present. You know what I mean? Like I could be wrong. I don't know. But it sounds like, like coming of age just sound like it it was recorded maybe a year and a half before, you know? I'll tell, I'll tell you like this. Who did that beat? Clark Kent? Was that Clark Kent? I don't know. That, yeah, yeah let us like, know in the feel, chat. I, I, I'm going to look it up real quick. I feel like the Clark Kent tracks were probably the early tracks because they had know. to go get Preem. So, like, we know Friend or Foe, The Evils, and Bring It On is probably mid-shift or late in the project, however long it took to put it together. Uh, so I want to say the stuff that Clark Kent and probably the stuff that, like, ESKI did... Or the no, stuff no, that he yeah, got. Yeah, that was Campbell. Clark Kent. Clark Kent it's was... Coming to, it's, coming to, it's coming to age Clark Kent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clark and Kent yes, that's did one of the Coming first of songs, Age, Cashmere Thoughts, and Brooklyn's Brooklyn Finest. Yeah. Mike, to me, Mike, if you actually listen to those songs, I think those are the first three records. Yeah. What about Ski, though? Because Ski did Politics as Usual, Dead Presidents, yeah. Filling It, uh, 22 Twos. How about this? Same time frame? But, yeah. like, how about this, Mike? When I listen to Cashmere Thoughts, I feel like that's the first record. I could see that. I talk jewels and spit diamonds, more cherry like a hymen. When yeah, I'm rhyming, rhyming remarkable, remarkable timing. Caviar and silk dreams, my voice is linen, spitting venom up in the minds of young women. Mink thoughts could think thoughts type similar. Might you remember, remember my shit is cool like December. Smoother than Persian rugs, drugs. cashmere chromosomes, make a nigga jigger, Jay-Z lethal drugs. Let yeah. me ask you this. Let me Ooh. ask you this. Do you think that Jay, stylistically, because I ain't talking lyrically, do you think he never revisited that style from Reasonable Doubt because that style is outdated? Or do you think that, you know, he just, you know, doesn't doesn't want to revamp that style? Because it feels like when you rap it in that way, it kind of feels like that early 90s flow. Like, you remember it how... Is. Yeah, how, like, Big Boy and the Hieroglyphics and all those guys was rapping with a certain style. And I think Big Boy from Outkast, who I'm talking about, he really took in that flow from like the hieroglyphics, him and Dre on Southern Playlistic. Mm-hmm. Dre kind of moved away from it. Big Boy kind of had elements of it and still evolved it a little bit. But Jay-Z just totally changed his style. Like if you listen to Reasonable Doubt and what you were just talking about with Cashmere Thoughts, you might be right because that doesn't even sound as evolved as his dead president's flow. No, it's not. But here's the thing about it. That's that super lyrically sharp guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, he's super sharp. That's what I mean. It's like, you can hear the sharpness, but you can see where he hasn't put that flow pattern and that rhyme scheme all the way together yet, too. You know when he was really, really sharp? Uh, and also, and, and also I'm going to tell you what, you can just hear him and Dame. I think that's Dame talking on the track, so I feel like it's early before other people came into the fray. Like, he needed Dame to talk on some of these tracks. Arrow Flynn. I like heroin. Young Pips is when I hit through your heroin. Freaks intact. Because I walk yeah. like a pimp. Talk like a man. Yeah. The golden ball layer. Yo, that is yeah. Miss Fine. Thanks, Shalari. Ah, show you right. But yeah, um, okay. Because from there, you talk about a million and one. Like, stylistically... Well, I want to say that he was very, very sharp. This is what I was going to say. I lost my train of thought. In the second part of his career, when he did that 44 <laughs> fours, that was impressive to me. So you, you want to know where I think, you know where I think Rockefeller where his flow Whole full life. Yeah. It's like, he still no, has it there. 44, no, 44 fours. How about this, Mike? 
Yeah. I'm a fan of him of playing 44 fours in a versus. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's See, now that's a like, B side he needs to be talking about. That's a B side that he need to pull out. Yeah, that shit was crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, he, like, that's he was what like, I'm talking uh, about. That's that first key. album got four mics. Should have got five, but niggas lacked foresight. I didn't do it for the hype. I did it for the hustles. For the come on, yo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the dude that excites me. Man. That's the reasonable that doubt, guy. dude. And when I sat there, that's and when guy. I was thinking that about Cashmere thoughts, I thought about that. I was like, that's kind of the last time I heard reasonable doubt is Jay in the you know current era. So, so let me tell you what happened. I think that he took the pieces of reasonable doubt that people loved and updated it a little bit more. So here's what I'm saying. Like, I think for people who were around him, they wanted to hear the, can I live and the evils and the friend or foe J. And so on volume one, what you find is he kind of gives you that on the B side, but he's gotten more conversational with it. Like it's more, can I live ish on there? You you know how I feel. I think conversational J is the best J. like, like he literally switches up his whole flow on the first track on volume one when the second beat comes in. Motherfuckers can't rhyme no more about crime no more. He had never rapped like that. Like, yeah. I was like, hold on. I was like, what was that? Switching it up. Andre Shashir like, says, what about Dear Summer? Man, listen, the first time I heard Dear Summer is when he was, like on, when he was on Flex Show and like he was rhyming over Can I Live from Black Rob. And mm-hmm. he was coming at the game. And shit was crazy. This song, no, I know you're going to miss me. Now, I, but that's when he did that line at the end of it. He was like, um, it was the, the Kingdom Come line. Yeah, uh, Dear Summer, like, see, that's what I mean. So Dear Summer's one of those B-sides where it's like, well, I don't know, because you got to deal with the heavyweight. What was look, the, hold on, hold on. What was the line, the Superman line from Kingdom Come? Um, where he was like, Damn, come on, y'all in the chat, man. I'm on the live right now. I want to say it right, but he was like, um, loosen up my tie, step inside the booth, Superman is alive. But the way he said it on that Dear Summer freestyle, it was like, whoa, like it was kind of coming off the top, but it wasn't. You know what I mean? Jay's a bad man. Jay is a bad man. I think that, again, when we talk about 44 fours, that's what I would like to hear in a new project. We're not going to get that. But, you know. <laughs> hey, Mike. Mike, I got to run. Got to run? Great yeah, show. Seven. Yeah. All right, man. We're going to holler at you. And, um, you know, great review. We're going to break this down. Appreciate everybody and their support out there. Make sure that you go subscribe to the According to Hip Hop YouTube channel. Hit the bell icon so you know when we're going live. And, yeah, we might pop up on y'all in the next couple of days. Appreciate y'all rocking with us. Enjoy your Friday.